Hello and welcome to Peaceful at Heart. My name is Cedric Merton and I'll be your host. Each episode we're going to take a closer look at the book Peaceful at Heart, Anabaptist Reflections on Healthy Masculinity. We'll jump into the chapters, hear from the authors and contributors of the book, and really think about what healthy masculinity looks like in our modern context. Today we're going to be joined by one of the contributors of The Afterword by Carol Penner. Carol, thank you so much for joining us today. I I personally really appreciated the, the vulnerability that you brought uh, to your afterward and sharing personal stories and, and I just wanted to hear a bit more about your perspective on, on healthy masculinity and uh, but before we get to all of that, could you tell us a little bit about when you were approached in this process um, and, and what experience you bring to this book? I'm a friend of Don Neufeld, and I was always interested in his work on masculinity. I've kind of uh, had conversations with him along the way. And when he told me he was working on this book, I was um, really excited because I think the church doesn't think enough about what it means to be a man. And um, there's there's needs to be more discussion about that. And so... Um, I was surprised to be asked because I didn't know that any women would be involved in this book. But then he said that they wanted to have a couple of responses to the book uh, by women as an afterword, uh, you know, to, to spur on discussion. And so I was really honored to be asked to do that. I think that um, as, a, as a woman, I've thought a lot about masculinity too, because I'm married to a man and I have a son and I grew up in a family with a strong father. And so I've thought a lot, a lot about what does it mean to be a man? And uh, I, I don't have that experience as an embodied person, but I have opinions. And so I was yeah. really happy that Don asked me to share uh, some thoughts about the, the different views that the men who were writing talked about. Yeah, that's great. So I, I'm, I'm glad that you were asked as well. I think uh, the, the three different voices that we hear at the end are, are excellent and uh, a great way to take that perspective and think about where do we go from here. Um, so in your, in your afterward, Carol, you uh, come out and you're addressing the, the elephant in the room about the book, uh, the topic that you wish they, they spend a bit more time on, and that is uh, intimate partner violence and, and child abuse. Of course, abuse can happen to or by any gender, but uh, what does the, why does the abusive behavior of men, in this case, go unnoticed and, and unnamed? That's a really good question. Um, I guess I was surprised in the book that people didn't talk about violence because it's a book about peace. And so what is violence? And of course, violence can be many things. But um, physical violence is a reality in our world uh, so much, and so much physical violence is gendered in that most of the people who commit physical violence towards others are men, and most of the people who experience the violence are women and children. And of course, as you say, women can also be abusers, and men can be victims. So um, it's not, um, you know, either or, but there are trends. And um, I thought maybe some of the people who were writing might address that in their 
experience, but they didn't. And, you know, it could be that they just personally hadn't had experiences of violence um, that they would write about. Um, so many of them wrote about their fathers. Uh, and perhaps they all had kind and loving fathers who didn't ever be violent. And so that's just the luck of the draw with the people you chose. But um, the reality is in the church, many people do not have peaceful uh, fathers. It, it isn't always the case in Mennonite homes. Yeah, no, you bring up an interesting point there. And it, it makes me wonder, do you think that there's a bit of a um, uh, an unsaid uh rule that people think they need to go by that if you're not an expert you shouldn't speak to this topic do you think that's that's a barrier that we need to overcome mm -hmm. uh, it could be that it's worried about you know do i know enough about the topic to speak about it but um i wonder whether it also has to do with um honesty are we willing to look inside ourselves and be vulnerable about our own temptation to be violent. And I do mention that in my um, afterward that I know myself, I've been tempted to hurt my children. Like I got very, very angry with them sometimes and it was hard not to hit them. And um, even when my mother was in a nursing home and she was very vulnerable and I was in charge of her, I got furiously angry at her sometimes for things that we would talk about or the way she was acting and you know their urges to just slap someone like stop it mm. and i have that and as a woman in society i've been trained to be kind and loving and nurturing and that that would be so wrong as a woman to hit someone and yet for men you know all the the cultural norms are if you're a real man well you'll use your fists at some point because isn't that what real men do? Um, they solve this through force and that that's proper and good. And, um, you know, that's the messaging that, that so comes out so much in society through all our, our television and movies. And so um, I'm just curious whether we're open as Mennonites to admitting that we have urges to be violent. And yeah. um, it's hard to admit that. It's hard to admit For that. Sure. Yeah. I, I have been doing some learning about this topic myself over the past few months, and I was, I was learning a bit more about the, the PAR program, and depending on, on where you are in, in Canada or the United States, that might be an option for you, but the partner, partner, um, uh, partner uh, assault response, or I'm going to fix that in post, uh, but the, the, uh, the program is normally court-mandated for those that have been abusive but it's also a voluntary program that you could choose to to enlist in right um so perhaps we need to think more about how in our church communities we can we can offer additional supports and um make it so that families can feel safe again that's right yeah i think that's important and that um do we talk enough about how do we discipline children and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate i think those are private conversations that we're scared to have in church because so many people have different views about how you discipline children. And um, do we risk admitting to people in church that we lose our tempers and that we sometimes find that yelling uh, gets our way? We get our way if we're loud enough. And so we do that, which is a type of violence as well, right? But um, 
intimidating people with our bodies is so easy uh, for adults uh, because children are so vulnerable. And, and how, do we, how do we resist doing that? Um, that's, that's a difficult thing. So that, that leads me well into my next question, Carol. What, what work do you think we need to do yet in our communities to address this issue? I mean, obviously, if, if people are, are studying this book, if, if you're watching this as part of a, a group study, that's fantastic. Um, but uh, what, what do you think we need to, to do to become peaceful at home, like you say in the book, Carol? Right, right. I think for me, um, one of the times that I was most conscious of thinking about masculinity was when I had children. I had a son and thinking about what does it mean to be a man? How do I raise him to be a good man? And um, many children are in the church. And are we open to talking about what does it mean to raise girls compared to boys? And of course, now we have many different genders or asexual people and a lot of people are trying to make wise choices about how we raise children. And um, gender is a big thing. And are we open to talking about that in church? And it gets to the heart of who we are. Um, who, who, did, who did we get raised to be by our parents? But who is God calling us to be? And um, what does that mean? Not just in terms of what toys you give to kids to play with, but what's acceptable behavior in one gender that is not acceptable behavior in another gender? And um, how do we respond um, as, as different gendered people to children? I think that, you know, is, can, can, can men be loving and nurturing? And uh, can women be strong and decisive? And... Um, what is it that makes us gendered people? Those are, those are really big questions that I think um, we need to talk about. And I was surprised in the book that um, that wasn't a topic that came up for a lot of the chat. Like I didn't find many of the chapters that talked about what does it mean to be a father? And I wondered whether women culturally do more of the nurturing and so we think more about parenting um or it's just they they just never connected masculinity with being a dad and and how does that connect i don't know so yeah yeah it's it's definitely something very interesting to think about and something that was touched on a little bit in the book thinking about how our society has changed over time and and when did uh, the the mother assumed the role of always just being in the home and when did the father start stop being part of the family because that wasn't always the case it, it used to be that it was a community thing right of, of community raising of, of the children and, and your your household might be a, a single unit that might be um, a family business and you'd still be part of that family and as a young child you'd start helping out in, in the family business but I guess with uh, sort of the industrial revolution and the change of the father going out of the house and assuming that the mother would stay home, it's, it's, it's changed. So how do we get back to what, what might have a, a better impact for the children? And so it's, it's interesting for me that your response, Carol, was, uh, what do we do to become peaceful at home? And, and you immediately jump to, let's, let's think about our children and, and thinking about the future. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, that's important to, to think about, I guess, is, what what uh, future are we leaving for for the next generation? Um, what are we teaching them? Right, and um, 
even how do we just divide housework in in the the home is a is a question for masculinity and femininity what does it mean to be uh to fulfill those roles in a home especially because most people now it's two working people but whose work is it to plan the birthday parties to call the parents when uh arrangements need to be made or to make sure that the house is a home um what does it mean to be homemakers together uh that is uh those are those are questions and I see it changing like I look at my own um younger people I know and I see the gendered roles changing a lot I see um young men really being good cooks really spending time with babies that didn't happen when I was raising babies when I was younger so so there are there are things that are changing right now in terms of what does it mean to be uh, homemakers. That's right. Well, Carol, thank you very much for your time. Um, but before we go today, did you have any, any sending thoughts for us today? I hope that our church communities can be places where we're vulnerable with each other, where we can talk about hard things that we might have conflict about, like parenting, where we think about what does it mean to raise boys or to raise girls or to raise uh, differently gendered children. And what messages are we giving them? And it will mean looking deep inside ourselves to say, uh, what does it mean for me to be a gendered person? And until we do that, I don't think we're going to be able to address the topic of violence very safely. And um, I think that churches are spaces where we can do this. And I think in this book, uh, men are getting to a place where they can share these vulnerable stories with each other. And I'm hoping that uh, reading the book and having these discussion times will help men to be able to say, um, this is the way I've felt. This is what I've done. And um, this is how I've tried to make it right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope that for us too, Carol. Thank you. Well, very, thank you very much for your time and I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Peaceful at Heart was recorded in the city of Takaranto, the land covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. This is the Dish with One Spoon territory. The Dish with One Spoon is a treaty between the Anishinaabe, Mississaugas, and Haudenosaunee that bound them to share the territory and protect the land. Subsequent indigenous nations and peoples, Europeans, and all newcomers have been invited into this treaty in the spirit of peace, friendship, and respect. We all eat out of the dish, and all of us that share this territory with one spoon. We want to acknowledge the ancestral lands and waterways of the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Seneca, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples. Takaranto is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. We wish to thank them and any other nations who cared for this land. Colonization is a continuing form of oppression, so it is important that we acknowledge the lands and digital spaces that we are holding and taking up. We remember the acknowledged and unacknowledged, recorded and unrecorded, past, present, and future. We are all treaty people. Peaceful at Heart was produced and edited by myself, Cedric Martin.
It was made possible thanks to Mennonite Central Committee, Mennonite Church Eastern Canada, Be in Christ Church of Canada, Theatre of the Beat, and of course, by Mennonite Men. To find more resources, head to MennoniteMen.org.